The New York Giants upset an injury-depleted Green Bay Packers team and are now one game out of the playoff race. I'll give you my instant reactions and takeaways coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, and folks, that's right. Now, those of you who can't see what I'm doing, I'm doing the Italian pinch sign. Tommy Cutlets comes through for the New York Giants' first game-winning drive of his career in a 24-22 upset victory over the Green Bay Packers. And on today's show, I have some thoughts, some quick takeaways, and let's get into it. There was a lot to like. There were some things not to like. But I want to start off with a big picture um, observation, if I could, and that is with the coaching staff. I want, I, I've got to start there because this is a Giants team that not too long ago was basically left for dead. They were what, two, two and uh, something like two and something and only two wins. We wondered if they would ever make it to three wins, let alone four, let alone five. And Brian Dable and his staff, for whatever stripe there might have been in the building, for whatever, you know, disagreements, for whatever they were going through, they kept at it. They stuck with their quote unquote processes. They tweaked what they needed to. They kept developing young talent. And lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, the Giants are now one game out of the playoff hunt. Now, There's a lot of people out there that still question whether they're going to actually make the playoffs, especially with two games coming up against the Eagles. But the Giants do have a pair of winnable games in these next four, including one this weekend against the New Orleans Saints. The game against the Los Angeles Rams is winnable. And who knows what might happen by the time they see the Eagles. Maybe, you know, by then the Eagles will have something wrapped up or maybe by then, you know, the Eagles will mail it in. Who knows? So you never know. That's why you line up every week and you play the game. But the coaching staff, you know, Brian Dable kept everybody focused, kept the locker room together, despite, you know, some of the disgruntled nature of the the losing, the frustration that was brought about. And can we talk about the development of some of these young players? Because some of these young players were very instrumental in the Giants' upset of the Packers, a team, by the way, which we can't say is necessarily in the same category as the commanders who have been struggling, the Patriots who have been struggling. The the Packers are a team that are actually buying for a postseason berth. So they're a little bit better step up in competition, if you will. And the Giants, you know, they kept it close, but they were able to pull it off. And I want to talk about the player development because that's a big one. We saw Deontay Banks, who has just been playing lights out as a young rookie cornerback. 
he had a big play. Tommy DeVito, let's let's talk about him. You know, I think if anybody had said at the start of the year that Tommy DeVito would be the starting quarterback of the team here in December with the playoffs on the line, we would have said, nah, not happening. But DeVito, here he is because of injuries. He's been forced to play. His ball security has been pristine. His decision-making has been just, you know, about as good as you can expect given an undrafted free agent. Um, He wasn't sacked in this game. The first time all year that a Giants quarterback has not been sacked at least once. He was getting the ball out of his hand quickly, and he was as cool as ice. You know, I mean, any young rookie might be rattled, might be, you know, jittery. DeVito has played pretty well. He has played like, a, you know, I'm not going to say he's played like a like the upper echelon quarterbacks. That wouldn't be, you know, fair to say. But if you look at the maturity and the way he has approached the game and the way he has prepared, what more could you ask for given the circumstances? I mean, three games in a row now they have won. They're still alive in the playoff race. Again, whether they make it there is another story, but that's why you line up to play the game. And just the fact that DeVito has galvanized this team the way he has. His teammates love him. His coaches love him. But, you know, just getting back to the coaching staff, because they have been a big factor in that. You know, Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach, in developing the DeVito, Mike Kafka working with him, Brian Dable working with him. They've just done a really, really good job to where now this offense has now, again, overperformed. They have exceeded their average point score for the season. So the average coming in was something like 13.3 or something like that. The Giants were 24 points. So that's a big kudos to the coaching staff. And, you know, let's talk about the defense. Ever since the Cowboys spanked Wink Martindale's unit, that unit has been playing solid. The turnovers, which have been huge, you know, the, the, the stuffs, you know, shutting down the run game. And once again, they, they did a pretty good job. Even though the Packers had 123 yards on 25 carries on the ground, A.J. Dillon had 53 yards. That's basically shutting him down. Um, Reed had 38 yards and the one rushing touchdown, which, you know, that, that was, I think, a, a breakdown on behalf of the Giants, you know, they, they just, I think, were frozen on that play. But for the most part, the run defense, and this with Dexter Lawrence, who returned to the lineup, being on a pitch count. So this Giants defense has been playing really well. Now, the one thing I wasn't crazy about is the fact that Deontay Banks finished as the leading tackler. You never really want to see your cornerback or any defensive back as your team's leading tackler because that means a lot of stuff is getting beyond that second level. That being said, the Packers really didn't hurt, you know, the Giants that much. Came close. The Giants actually came close to hurting themselves, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. But overall, this Giants team, the job the coaches have done to keep them believing, to keep them together, and to keep them on the right path has been nothing short of admirable. Now, what didn't I like in this game? Hang around, and I'll tell you right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concerts, shows, and sporting events, 
Without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices, you also get clear images of seat views and event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that code is LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. You got me, Patricia Trainer, P-Train, and the Giants, three in a row. Wow. I'm smiling, folks. If you can't see me on video, those of you who are listening to the program on audio, I'm smiling because it's just so good to talk about a win the day after. And, you know, even on a night game, which, as you know, I'm not a big fan of night games, but when they win, it makes it all worthwhile. The lack of sleep, you know, the, the scrambling, the short work week and folks we've, this is just, you know, so cool. I don't know how much longer this ride is going to last, but I know I'm enjoying it. And look, you know, I, I did get a few people who wrote to me and said, what the heck are the giants doing? They're ruining their draft pick, their draft spot. Folks, let me just say this real quick before I get into some of the negatives from this game that I didn't like. Just because you have a top 10 draft pick does not mean that you're going to get a stud. Now, does it increase the odds of getting a stud? Yes. Does it mean that you are guaranteed a stud? No. So let's pump the brakes about the Giants ruining their future because they keep winning and dropping in the draft order. I think as of last night, I believe the Giants were Eighth, I believe, in the draft order. I'm going to check real quick on Tankathon. But, um, you know, a top 10 draft pick does not mean that you were going to have a uh, stud. It, it just doesn't. So just, you know, let's pump the brakes there. And, yes, the Giants do have the eighth pick in this draft as of now. All right. So what didn't I like in this Giants win? over the uh, the Green Bay Packers. I got to start with special teams. Now, all right, I get it. The, the special teams finally forced a turnover. Um, that was great. You know, they had the muff punt and the turnover was forced. Great. Randy Bullock had the, the game-winning field goal. He also missed one earlier, which for a while there, I kept saying, uh-oh, that missed field goal is going to come back to bite them. But here's, there were two things that I didn't like. And you guys probably, you know, if you saw the game, you probably know where I'm going with this. The brain blips that these players continue to have. All right. Bobby McCain, for example, lounging around, you know, on on a punt when everybody's yelling fire, fire, which basically means get get away from the ball. Don't let it hit you. And what happens, the ball hits them. Green Bay recovers. That was just, you know, I'm sitting there going, what are you doing, man? You know, you're a veteran and you're standing there and just, you know, what are you doing? 
But the biggest blip that bothered me was the Lawrence Cager play at the end of the first half. Now, that was on the Packers kickoff just before the the, uh, half came to a close. Cager went down and he was kind of guarding the ball because it was a live ball. That ball was on its way out of bounds. So Cager got a little too close and the ball ended up hitting him before going out of bounds. Now, no harm, no foul, right? Well, here's the thing. If Cager had been a little bit more aware of where he was, if he had maybe known the rule and not had a blackout, he could have had one foot out of bounds. And if that ball had hit him, it would have been a penalty against the Packers, which would have given the Giants great field position. And who knows? Maybe it would have given them enough time to get close enough to tie the game. Because at the time, I think they were down 10 to 7. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter. But when you see brain blips like that, and you just sit there and you go, what are you doing, man? Is it on the player? Is it on the coaching? Just what's going on here? And I mentioned the coaching in the last segment. And, you know, look, the coaches, for the most part, have done a good job. Wink Martindale, you know, whatever strife or non-stripe he has with with Brian Dable, let's hope those two work it out. Because Wink, by the way, called a really good game, I thought. Just, you know, called it like his hair was on fire and the players were were, were playing, you know, like, like men possess more turnovers. They forced a turnover with Jordan Love, who hadn't thrown a pick. I think they're over the Packers' last three games. So just, you know, the the special teams was a problem. Um, you know, there were some missed tackles I saw. There were a couple of times when the defense looked like it was disjointed. The offense, you know, got off to a sluggish start. But overall, a lot to like in this one. A lot to like. And I want to point to a few team statistics that really jumped out at me when I was going over the game book. The Giants, 75% in the red zone. Not bad. All right. This is a team that has struggled to get into the red zone, let alone score from the red zone. So the Giants, 75%, three of four. They were 100%, two of two on goal to goal situations. That, ladies and gentlemen, right there is a recipe for wins. Now, third down. The Giants were 3 of 10. Didn't care for that, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, what bothered me most about third down is that they had a couple of uh, short yardage situations where they went to either the wishbone or they dusted off a play that we saw last year in which they brought in an extra lineman, you know, the the extra jumbo package where they had um, seven offensive linemen to help block. And that didn't go anywhere. You know, you had a penalty on Sean Harlow, which what turned a third and one into a, a a fourth and a third and six, rather. You know, so stuff like that, you know, annoying and whatnot. But um overall, the Giants with a clean game, um, a winning game, it's something to build on. It wasn't perfect. Um, but again, it's building up that confidence as they move forward. And get ready to play in the House of Horrors. That is the Mercedes-Benz Superdome down in New Orleans. A place where the Giants have struggled to win. Where they have been blown out historically. But 
hey, look, it's a new era. So who's to say that the Giants won't turn this around and develop and really, you know, show that they can, um, you know, that they're peaking. Because if you're going to peak, now is the time to do it. All right, coming up in just a bit, some final thoughts on the Giants' win over the Green Bay Packers. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, in the mood for pizza, wings, tacos, or burgers, whatever it is you're craving, DoorDash has you covered. Simply download their app, pick your favorite eatery, place your order, and then sit back and relax while DoorDash brings your meal right to your door. And did you know that DoorDash can also bring you groceries, convenience store items, and orders from local drugstores? You'll get what you ordered or they will make it right. And you can save on all your deliveries with a monthly Dash Pass membership that more than pays for itself after a couple of deliveries. There's never been a better time than now to join DoorDash. As for a limited time, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $10 when you spend $15 or more. Download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23 at checkout. Offer subject to change. Terms apply. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trena. Giants beating the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, the Giants who were wearing their legacy uniforms from the 1980s uniforms, which, by the way, I absolutely love because that reminds me of my childhood and all the the uh, the fun times I spent with my dad at Giants games. But the giant the Giants, I think, are undefeated when they wear those throwback uniforms. So. Uh, I don't know about you, but I would gladly like, love to see those uniforms brought back. I think they're so much nicer than the ones that the Giants wear now, and especially with the NY helmet, which I never really cared for because, you know, they represent the tri-state area. And just to have Giants on the side of the helmet, to me, it's just a better representation of what this team is all about. But nonetheless, let's uh, talk about a few, you know, things about this team what this win means for the future. And I'm not talking just, you know, postseason because postseason, you know, a lot of you are going to say, Hey Pat, cool it. It's too soon. They're probably not going to go to the postseason. They're not going to beat the Eagles. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. They probably don't go to the playoffs, but let's look at the big picture for this Giants organization. And that is the emergence of some of this young talent and how that bodes for the future. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that Tommy DeVito is the answer at quarterback moving forward. Brian Dable has already said that it's going to be Daniel Jones, although I wonder if Dable said that because he means it or because, you know, it's just to give Daniel, you know, something to cling to moving forward. I mean, how you can declare a starter this far out, not knowing what, what's going to happen, I just don't think you can. And I, I just think it was just the calm, the the constant questions of, is Daniel Jones going to be your starter? But, you know, could DeVito maybe be the starter moving forward? I've said all along that I think DeVito is more of a QB too. I think it's pretty obvious that the Giants are going to move on from Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, look, I don't know if the Giants are going to sign another quarterback, if they're going to draft the quarterback. 
they will add another quarterback. I think they're going to have to, especially not knowing when Daniel's going to be ready. But there's no reason why, I think, at any rate, that DeVito hasn't worked himself into the discussion for QB2. He's just been playing well with what he's been given. You'd like to see his game expand a little bit more. Um, but his pocket presence took a huge step forward this week, I thought. I thought he showed perhaps his best pocket presence that he's shown, you know, since taking over as the starting quarterback. So there's something to work with there. And this is all gravy on the lasagna. <laughs> I can't believe I said crazy. gravy. I always say sauce, but, you know, that's the Italian in me. So the gravy on the lasagna, uh, extra learning that DeVito's getting on the job training that he wasn't expected to get. You know, let's talk about some of the other, you know, young guys on this team. I mentioned Deontay Banks. He's been playing so well that I think it would be, you know, it wouldn't be a stretch rather to say that come next year, he's going to be the Giants' number one cornerback, right? Um, people say, well, what about Adoree Jackson with the Giants' Resign a Dory Jackson. Not as the number one cornerback, they won't. I don't see that happening. I think, I think, um, you know, Deontay Banks has developed into that type of player moving forward. So that's a testament, you know, to the Banks and to the coaching staff. You know, I thought we saw some flashes from youngsters, D, uh, DJ Davidson and Jordan Riley, who got in the game um, against the Packers. Those guys, you know, you talk about the depth on the defensive line and how, you know, you've got a bunch of guys who are on one-year deals and whatnot, and are they going to be back? Well, those guys stepping up might allow the Giants to move on from some of the older veterans that cost them a little bit more money to carry. So that was a positive. The offensive line, again, you know, they didn't, they didn't embarrass themselves. You know, there were no sacks. I don't think there were very many pressures. Um, that unit does still need some work. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, so that that's a topic for another show, I think. But, um, you know, I, I just, the, the receivers, they still don't have a number one receiver, but they got guys that can, you know, step up. But, you know, an interesting point that was made during the um, the broadcast on Monday night was the Packers really don't have that quote-unquote number one receiver. They just have a bunch of young guys that are melding together. So I could see the Giants maybe going that route where they just have all these young guys come together and just, you know, whoever rises to the top rises and whoever doesn't, you know, doesn't. So, you know, the Giants, I think, you know, they could use an, a, a, another receiver, I believe. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure Paris Campbell's in the long-term plans, but lot to like there. I mean, Wandale Robinson, he has really come back strong. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy, <clears throat> excuse me, for that young man, especially what he went through last year. You know, Jalen Hyatt was a little quiet last night, but he's going to be a star in this league as well. So there's a lot to like there. You know, the linebackers, um, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau had another great game um, where he had a half a sack. So now he's got his third game in a row where he's had at least a half a sack. And this is his second three game streak in which he has accomplished, accomplished that. Um, uh, so he, he was solid. Um, Jason Pinnock 
played well uh, for the most part. Xavier McKinney has been playing well down the stretch. I don't know if he's in the future plans. Micah McFadden continues to play well alongside of Bobby Okereke. So there's really, you know, a lot to build on for this Giants team. And we kind of saw it all step up against a better opponent this week in the Green Bay Packers. So what that means for the future, there's still work to be done for Joe Shane and Brian Dable. But there's also a lot more hope now in a season that basically was lost because of all the injuries, the strife, the performance issues and whatnot. And to see this all start to kind of come together this late in the year, maybe it's a little too late, but to see it kind of come together and show these glimmers of hope are reasons to continue tuning in to see what's next for this New York Giants team. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Remember, Giants are one game out of the playoff hunt. They've got the New Orleans Saints next week. And here on the Lockdown Giants podcast, we've got plenty of stuff coming up for you. We're going to hear from Sterling Shepard. We are going to have the crossover show with Lockdown Saints' Ross Jackson. I've got Mike Sando on the program. So plenty coming up this week on Lockdown Giants. Make sure you keep it here all week long. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I'm Patricia Trainer, and I will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.